Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's talk more about some Cleveland Browns players, most notably the aforementioned Odell Beckham Jr. Because the problem was always his quarterback, right? Well, is it anymore? Let's ask Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Got to check them out. PFF.com. Best information anywhere on the sport. Sam, what's up, my friend? Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. The problem was always his quarterback. So I looked at your grades this morning, and I it took me a while to find him. Nowhere near the top 10 or 20 or 30. Graded number 58 for wide receivers. Why? Yeah, I mean, I've got a piece coming out on PFF.com today that says Odell Beckham is a big part of the problem in Cleveland. Um, you know, he is, he's not playing the way he has in the past. And, you know, it's, it's been reported that he's been dealing with a sports hernia injury all season long, and maybe that's the reason. But whatever the reason is, you know, he isn't just a victim of circumstance. He's not just a guy who's getting screwed by everything else around him being bad and you know, the idea that he's trying to get out the door to go somewhere else. Look, he's dropping passes. He's got the second most drops in his career so far this season. There's a ton of other plays that aren't technically drops, but are the receiver fault type uh, incompletions. You know, you think of a couple of dimes that Baker Mayfield has dropped into his hands, but he's double caught them or he's, you know, hasn't been able to secure the catch before he's gone out of bounds. And then him and Baker Mayfield, and this isn't just an Odell Beckham problem, but Jarvis Landry is the same. Those guys just can't get on the same page with their quarterback in terms of where they're supposed to be, whether it's uh, running the right routes, whether it's breaking at the right depth, the right angle. They just haven't been able to get on the same page all season long. So everything is a mess in Cleveland right now. But Odell Beckham is a part of the problem. He isn't just a guy that's getting screwed by circumstance. So I was going to ask you, you kind of answered it, Sam, but just to piggyback on that how much of it can you trace back to Odell Beckham Jr. playing with a sports hernia like how much of it is him just not being as explosive and not getting as much separation yeah I mean it's hard to say when you dive into the numbers they're worse basically across the board you know he's getting open a reasonable amount but he's not making the same kind of impact after the catch in particular that he has done in the past he usually is right up there with the best wide receivers in the NFL in terms of broken tackles and yards after the catch. And this year he isn't. Like this year he's way down again. So, yeah, I think fundamentally he's definitely not 100%. And that's probably a big reason why he hasn't been as impactful as we thought he would be. And obviously Baker Mayfield not playing as well is a big part of it as well. But, you know, Beckham can't just look at this and say, well, I'm doing my job. Everything else around me is letting me down. Like he's not getting it done either. Talking to I Sam Monson. To Baker. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Stay on All Baker. Right. I, I, yeah, I, I want to get to Baker, Sam. How much worse is he playing this year than last year? 
And what do you attribute that to when you break down every snap he plays? I mean, I think he's playing significantly worse and certainly worse than we thought he was going to. You know, whether it's that much worse than a year ago is, I think, a bit debatable. But last year, we thought his, his trajectory was heading up the whole way. It was a, a positive curve, and we expected him to really kick on this year and become, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. But instead, it's gone the other way, and it's, it's really nosedived. And everybody thinks it's the bad plays. The interceptions are up, and but really his, his turnover-worthy play rate is pretty much the same as it was a year ago. So he's suffering a little bit from sort of bad interception luck. You know, more of those throws are getting picked off than they were a season ago, and it's making his numbers look worse than they were. But really the big thing is the big plays have disappeared. So last year, you know, his big-time throw rate was almost 8%. That's a monstrous number. Those are the highest-graded throws that PFF makes. So whether it's tight window stuff, whether it's deep down the field, the big impact plays. And this year, his rate is almost halved. He's just not making the same volume of big plays that he did a season ago. And then the other thing that's abandoned him is accuracy. Um, all the way through his college career and in his rookie season, his accuracy was really spectacular. And then this season, it's, it's really fallen away completely. Um, Mike Renner did a piece on, on PFF.com that was basically asking the question, what the hell has happened to Baker Mayfield? And one of the things he found is if you just look at sort of throws from a, a you know straight drop backs, clean pocket, his accuracy is, all, I think it's second worst in the NFL. So he should be at the top end of that kind of, uh, those kind of statistics. He is fundamentally an accurate quarterback, but this year just hasn't been there. He does have a pro bowler on that offense. He, of course, is the leading rusher in the NFL, Nick Chubb. But pro bowlers don't often correlate to PFF grades or flat-on performance at all. We look at a couple that stand out from your grades. Josh Jacobs, number two graded running back, not a pro bowler. On the flip side, Vaughn Miller in the 50s, and he is a pro bowler. Anything stand out to you in terms of snubs or guys that have no business being on the team? Is there any correlation in recent years? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things that jump out this year. Um, it's funny that for the first time, the Pro Bowl seemed to wake up and realize the right tackles existed. Um, and <laughs> three three or four out of the best six tackles in the NFL this season all play on the right side, whether it's Mitchell Schwartz, Ryan Ramchek, Lyle Collins. These guys are absolute studs. And, you know, Lane Johnson as well would be the other one. They probably all deserve a spot in the Pro Bowl, and I don't think any of those guys went, but Trent Brown was the one that got selected. So that was definitely a curious choice. And the other thing that leaps out in terms of offensive linemen is Marquise Pouncey and the Steelers just have this pact with the Pro Bowl that he goes every single year he plays, regardless of whether he deserves it or not. And this was seemingly preordained before he ever came into the NFL. And I'm honestly not sure he's ever had a season that warranted a Pro Bowl spot. Even if he has, this year sure as hell wasn't it. We have him basically ranked as the bottom graded center in the NFL. And, you know, you can nitpick. Maybe you don't think the PFF grades are 100%. They're, they're not dead accurate every single play. But we're not off to the tune of, you know, last two Pro Bowl. So there's just no way the Marquise Bancy deserves a spot this year. Wow, that's interesting. I, I like it, Sam. What about, um, I want to get specific with some other guys. 
including a guy that was not voted the Pro Bowl for the first time since 2008 when he got hurt, and that's Tom Brady. Dave was suggesting with some statistics earlier in the show that he's been the, statistically the worst quarterback in the NFL over the last four games. What does the PFF data say the latest is on Brady? Yeah, he's definitely struggled over the last four games, and his grade is heading in the wrong direction. I think the grading this year is a little bit stronger on him than the general perception um, because he has been let down by, you know, supporting casts, and he started the season pretty well, you know, and in a, there's a lot of recency bias sort of pulling him down because he has been so bad over the last few games, but he's definitely heading in the wrong direction, and things are not looking good for A, Tom Brady, and B, the Patriots' offense. But I think fundamentally it isn't all him. You know, Tom Brady, I think, has definitely reached the point now where he is declining. Um, so he needs more help than he ever has in his career before, at least since the very early years of his career. And there's less help than there ever has been. You know, that receiving core is not good. Outside of Julian Edelman, there's basically nobody there that can separate on a consistent basis. It may be the slowest receiving core in the NFL. Philip Dorsett is the only receiver there that's even run below a 4-5. Um, and a lot of that was a long time ago for some of these guys. So Brady's basically thrown to guys that are not getting open, that can't separate, that can't win one-on-one. Um, it's causing him to hold the ball longer, which is causing the offensive line to struggle more than it has in the past. And a bit like Cleveland, sort of everything is going wrong at the same time and magnifying each one of these individual problems. Interesting when you talk about the Patriots and pro football focus grades. Running back, wide receiver, tight end, one player among the top 20 at their position is James White at number 11. We've talked about Tom Brady. Um, I don't know if, how much you've thought about this, but does it does it lessen Bill Belichick's greatness, at least in terms of the personnel, that beyond Rob Gronkowski, I can't think of another skill position player that Bill Belichick has drafted that has turned into a legitimate star that you would find on the top of the PFF grades. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's interesting. And a wide receiver in particular, they basically abandoned drafting them um, because they had swung and missed so many times. And they were you know, trading for guys. They were bringing in veterans and free agents. Um, and then they got tempted back into the pool this year by Nikhil Harry. And that was fascinating to me because I did not love Nikhil Harry's tape coming out. If you looked at all of his targets last year, he just was not a receiver that separated. Now, he's got some impressive um, of talents as well. He can win jump balls, contested catches. He can make things happen with the ball in his hands after the catch. But in terms of a sort of pure wideout, the thing that you want to start with is can he separate? Does he generate separation and create open throws for a quarterback? And Nikhil Harry just never did that at Arizona State. So it was fascinating that he was the guy that tempted Bill Belichick back into the uh, into the drafting of, of receivers high in the draft. And, you know, at least so far, it's obviously incredibly early, but same kind of story looks to be the case. Nikhil Harry is not a guy that's getting open on his own, and they're having to kind of manufacture some plays for him. Sam, who's a better quarterback, and who would you rather have for the next five or ten years? Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, and why? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. It's basically the MVP debate this year, right? Um, I think Russell Wilson is a slightly better quarterback overall, but 
Lamar Jackson right now is dominating teams because of the offense they put him in, because he's developed as a passer in a way that he wasn't a season ago. You know, obviously, he's arguably the most dynamic rushing threat in the NFL at any position. Now he's become a good enough passer that teams can't just forget about that. We've seen you know, the Jets, we've seen a couple of teams recently basically try and take away the run game and dare him to win as a quarterback. And he can now. This year he can. Before he couldn't. You know, I think you still lean Russell Wilson because I think he's sort of scheme proof. I think you can put him in any scheme in the NFL and he's still one of the best quarterbacks in football. I don't know that that's true for Lamar Jackson. I don't know that it isn't, but we're, we haven't seen it. So I, I think you got to lean Russell. Speaking of those quarterbacks, Russell Wilson's been number one PFF quarterback most of the season. He is number two right now. Number five, Kirk Cousins. Number four, Lamar Jackson. Three, Ryan Tannehill. The new number one. Who is it and why? That's a good question. Who jumped in? Drew Brees this week, right? Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees was absolutely phenomenal against the Indianapolis Colts. We, we did a little video at PFF before that game. We were talking about you know, are the Colts going to cover this double-digit spread? I think most of us thought they might, you know, because they've got a good roster. They're capable of keeping games close, and they just got blown out of the water because Drew Brees was practically perfect. And it's interesting, heading down the stretch last year, there was a lot of talk of, you know, Drew Brees is done. His arm looks cooked. He's not capable of getting it done anymore. We might have seen the end of him. I don't know if the time off hurt this year. Did him good in terms of you know not using up what he has in the gas tank, but Drew Brees playing the way he is right now should terrify the rest of the NFC because he's as good as anybody right now. Last question, Sam. We asked you some of the guys that made the Pro Bowl that probably shouldn't have. Who are a few that didn't make it that you have ranked really high that you're really disappointed that they're not getting a chance to go? Yeah, I mean, I talked about the right tackles a little bit before, but I think the most obvious snub to me is the linebackers. Um, Eric Kendricks for the Minnesota Vikings, I think, has a legitimate defensive player of the year kind of argument this year. He's always been seen as a good coverage linebacker, but this year he's been absolutely incredible. He doesn't have interceptions, so the people voting don't notice, but the guy's got 12 pass breakups, which for a linebacker is absurd. You just don't see that. Um, and he didn't even make the Pro Bowl. I think he's a legitimate All-Pro, and as I say, has a case for Defensive Player of the Year, and he's not there. Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Uh, I didn't tip you off to this question, so if you don't have an answer, I won't hold it against you. Do you have a number one graded Christmas song all time? Yeah, <laughs> Fairy Tale of New York, Pogues. What was that one? Say it again. The Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. It's Irish. So you gotta you gotta dig this up. Can you sing it? No, 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 I can't. <laughs> just give me a little well, bit, Sam. Just give us a little bit. We don't know what the hell you're talking about. No, not no, Bloody not hell, in a Sam. million years. Bloody hell, Sam. Just give me a couple words. Do your own research. Damn it, Sam. <laughs> Just a, just a chorus, man. All right. Sam, I just did an Irish accent right there. I just said bloody hell. Pretend yeah, you've yeah, had four pints of Guinness in the pretend you've had four pints of Guinness in the in the pub, Sam. It's gonna need significantly more than four pints for me to start singing on on air for you. 
<laughs> All right. Next time you're bringing beers, we got to get some cords out of you. Check out Pro Football Focus, pff.com, best information anywhere on the internet. Check out Sam Monson's stuff there as well. Good to see you, my friend. Merry Christmas. Take it easy, guys. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com slash home. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.